Well, welcome to the Gathering family. Welcome everyone who's watching us online. We're glad you're hanging out with us as well. So last week I was gone, and Jordan did a great job holding down the fort. He did a great, had a great message. There was only one problem. Oh, yeah. There's this, there's this thing called the Internet. And I saw the, the video. In case you weren't here last week, here's the video that Jordan showed. He and I in a race. What I didn't know is that Jordan was a swimmer in high school. And so he, he whooped me pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Now, there was a little other part they showed you. They didn't show, okay. I never know what they're going to show. Uh, there was another part, but you'll have to go back and watch last week's message. But what Jordan didn't tell you is that after he beat me in that race, we then had a little arm wrestling competition. <laughs> and here's Jordan after that competition. There we go. Hey, uh, welcome to the gathering. If you're new, ah, it might be the last time you come, but it's, it was great while it lasted. We're, uh, we're in our fifth and final week of our series where we're calling Refuse to Settle. We have this, uh, this bent towards settling in life. And, and you know what? We're just tired of it. We're tired of settling for less than what God has for each one of us. And speaking of refusing to settle, yesterday there was about 400 women here who gathered to refuse to settle. It was awesome. We had our women's luncheon. And in case you missed it, here's a quick recap. Awesome. Let me tell you, God was moving in this place yesterday. It was so cool. Uh, and, and the name of this, the, the, the luncheon, Cindy called it Redesign. Redesign. And, and I'll never forget when she, she, came, she came home and she said, it was about a month ago, and she's like, honey, I, I got the name. God, I, I could see it in my head. It's called Redesign. Redesign. And she said that, and I was like, wait a second. That's not just for our women. That's for us as a church. You see, because as we talk about refuse to settle, let's be honest. Many of us, we have settled. And if we've settled, we're in need of a redesign. We're in need of, a, of, of redesigning our spiritual house. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, to picture your spiritual redesign. You can see it right now in your head. I wonder what you see right now. Some of you... Your spiritual redesign, it, it, looks, it looks like this beautiful kitchen with, with new granite countertops, uh, a farm sink, stainless steel appliances, commercial fridge, Chip and Joanna Gaines standing over in the corner, and an industrial-grade dishwasher. I have one of those. It's called Teenagers. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed because here's the thing. If we're being honest today, not all of us see that picture. Not all of us see this beautiful image in our head. If, if we're honest, I think some of us, we see a much different picture. Some of us with our eyes closed, we see a dirty bathroom with, with, a, with an old tub, 
with mold on the tub and a rotted floor, water damage. We, we see a, a sink with fixtures from the 1970s and old antiquated fluorescent lighting. I think a lot of us, if we're honest, we see that picture. And those, those are two different images. One of this beautiful kitchen and one of this dilapidated bathroom. I just wonder which one you see. See, one sees what can be, the other sees what can never be. Again, I ask, what image do you see? Open your eyes. Here's the problem. It comes down to what he said isn't always what we see. Did you catch that? Because, because we, we come to church and we hear what God said about us and, and we all clap, we make a lot of noise. But sometimes what he said isn't what, he, what we see. He said that, that, that we're, we're conquerors. And yet some of us, if we're honest, we see a captive. He said that we're masterpieces. And if we keep it real, some of us, we see a missing piece. He, he said that we're victors. I'm afraid some of us, we see a victim. What do you see in your spiritual redesign? My prayer is Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I pray that you can see that beautiful picture. God sees it. God doesn't have a distorted image. He doesn't have a convoluted image of, of, of what you're called to be and who, what you're called to accomplish. He, he, he sees it. But do we? Do we see it? Here's, here's the title of the message. What you see is who you'll be. What you see in your head is what, you, what you'll be. Proverbs 27.3, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you see comes before what you do. And I just wonder, what image do you see? We're going to look at a guy named Saul, also would be called Paul later. Acts chapter 9, he, he saw a distorted version of himself. He was this uh, crucifier of Christians. He People didn't believe all, the people all didn't accept Jesus. And so he was one of those people that denied Christ. And he would persecute those people who followed Jesus. So much so that he would literally uproot them out of their homes. He would imprison them. And even some, he would see to their execution. He was a, a bad dude. He was in need of a, a serious redesign. So he, so he travels to this town, Damascus. It's about 150 miles northeast of Jerusalem. He travels to Damascus. And as he's nearing the town... This light flashes from heaven. Lightning crashes. Okay, sorry. Make sure you're with me. So lightning flashes, right? This, this flash from heaven, and he falls to the ground, and everyone's like, what's going on? And that's where we pick up the text. Acts chapter 9, verse 7. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. They led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. How many know that when you're blinded for three days, you do a whole lot of praying? 
Okay, okay, good. Uh, in, in verse 12, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Now, just pause real quick because some of you are new to the faith. You don't know Jesus. You don't know this God. You're like, well, what kind of God is, I must show him how much he must, he must suffer. Ha, ha, ha. No, no, not that kind of suffering. It's, it's not punishment. It's preparation. Preparation is hard. You ever been to the gym? It's not easy, right? It's preparation. So that's the suffering we're talking about. To, to do a great work requires a, a mighty preparation. Verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see. Again, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after he ate some food, he regained his strength. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who helps people see. Saul ain't the only one who's blind. God, deal with our blindness today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, he goes to Damascus. He's on his way to Damascus. God brings him to the ground, blinds him. What's going on? I would call that a spiritual splint. A spiritual splint. Anybody ever been in a spiritual splint? A spiritual splint is when God immobilizes you physically to do a spiritual. He immobilizes you physically to move you somewhere spiritually. He physically was blinded, so spiritually he would develop Sight. I wonder if someone's in a spiritual splint today. So, so what was he trying to show him? Here's what it comes down to. Is that there was a real, R-E-E-L, like the ones you watch on your phone. There was a real stuck on replay in Saul's head. I'm the crucifier of Christians. Right? You walk into the town, bad man, you a bad man. I'm going to take care of them Christians. Where they at? Where they at? Right? That's, that was the real, that was, that was his identity. That's how he was known. He was good at what he did. And you didn't dare mess with him. There was a real on replay. And I just wonder how many of us have a real on replay. Uh, a lot of us, you, you might watch a reel on, on, uh, on Facebook. Right? But, but you don't have to go to Facebook. You got a built-in reel. It's called false book, also known as your heart. Oh, he's got a good little heart. No, he doesn't. And none of us got a good heart. The Bible said that. The heart is deceitful above all things. Be careful listening to your heart because it will never lead you astray. It's like the telephone game. God whispers something to us. He whispers like, um, you're loved. And your heart whispers, you suck. God says, I have a plan for you. Your heart says, I have a drug for you. God says, you're beautiful. Your heart says, you're broken. Whew. That's a real stuck 
in someone's head. Oh, you say, Pastor John, I, I, I'm a godly man. I don't, watch, I, I don't go watch reels on Facebook. Only Instagram. <laughs> All right. You don't need Instagram either because we got an inner gram. It's called the flesh. It's called our sin nature. What am I talking about? Galatians 5.17 is what I'm talking about. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is the opposite of what the spirit wants. Like the spirit whispers truth to you, right? He's the, he's the truth whisperer and, and you got the flesh, you got the sin nature, this like a big bully. Any member, anybody uh, ever watch Back to the Future? If you're like over the age of like 50, maybe 40, right? You watch, oh, you're a young man, you watch it too, cool. You give me hope. Uh, here's, the, here's the, remember this guy? Biff? We got an inner Biff, we got to fight. Constantly whispering lies to us, telling us what we're not. That reel just playing over and over again like a skipping record. I just wonder, who's got a reel on replay today? Here's what God told me to tell, tell you. And by the way, he's telling me this. When I say tell you, present company included. He's dealing with me too. But he, he said it to me like this. He said, deal with your reel. Deal with your real. Because the real ain't real. And so God says, deal with the real. Deal with that thing that's stuck in your head, whispering lies to you. And don't blame it on the devil. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, no, I think actually your flesh did it. I mean, he'd like to take credit for it, but oftentimes we blame stuff on the devil that's just us. It's our inner real. It's the inner monologue that keeps whispering lies to us. We've got to change you're real, just like Julia Roberts changed the real. Remember this movie, Pretty Woman? I know you've seen Pretty Woman. Even Christians could watch Pretty Woman, right? And uh, so I don't know if you know this, but that story didn't end the way it did in the movie. The original script ended with Vivian going back to the streets, back to be a prostitute. Why? Because Richard Gere didn't love her in the original script. Julia Roberts read that, and she said, and I quote, that's depressing, horrible, terrible story, is what she said. And she changed the ending. And I just wonder if God's not telling someone today, maybe you're watching online, God's saying, it's time to change the ending. It's time to change that reel that keeps repeating in your head. Because you get to determine the song you get to sing, Right? You're going to sing, pretty woman, walking down the street, pretty woman, the kind I like to meet, right? I need some pitch correction. Help me out. Put that on there. No, I'm just kidding. Or do you sing, hopeless woman, victim of the streets? Which one are you going to sing? Because the original story ended with a hopeless woman, victim of the streets, right back to the old way, settling. But Julia's like, uh-uh-uh, I'm refusing to settle. I'm changing this ending. I just wonder if God's not asking us to change the real in our head. Because whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. Whew. Put that one in your spiritual pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I mean, why not? I've already offended uh, half the church. <laughs> you ain't coming back anyways. But I got you here. For the next few minutes, 
What you're not changing, you're choosing. And like God's given us, we pray to God, pray to God. God's like, I've given you the ability to, to change this, to change the ending. I, I was a, I might start a series next week. I don't know if I'm going to start it next week. I might, but I was talking to, is Matthew here from, from the gym? Matthew, you here? I don't know if, he's, if he was here. Oh, there you are. Uh, oh, no, not, not, not you, Matthew. That's Matthew Allred. That's, that's the other gym. I got two gyms. You're over at EOS. I've been cheating on EOS. I'm over at the other gym. No, uh, but um, there's another Matthew at the other gym I go to, and he was talking about February and how, how he needs to have faith in February. And I'm like, oh, that's a good series, February faith. Because we all got January faith. Oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get my spiritual life right. I'm going to begin to give to the Lord. And then, and then February comes and like, what happened? Like, I'm eating like a Big Mac, you know, and, and, and fries. And I'm spiritually, I don't even want to go to church, right? Like, what, what, what happened? We got, a, we got a February faith. Stay tuned for that. But you say, okay, the reel's playing in my head. I, I get that, Pastor John. I, I understand biblically what you're saying. Like the reel is playing round and round. It was playing in Saul's head. It's playing in my head. But how do I change the reel? How do I, how do, I do that? Let's go back to the text. Verse 9. For three days he was blind. It didn't say 30 seconds. 30 seconds of blindness, that would, that would suck. Like that's not good, right? 30 seconds that of blindness would be trepidation. Oh, God, I can't see. And then, whew, wow, now that's over. But three days, three days isn't trepidation. That leads to contemplation. God needed three days because he was going deeper. He was going deeper. He wanted to, to, to do a deep work. He wanted to expose roots because every real has a root. You, you want to deal with your real? You got to deal with the root. A lot of us, you know what we do? We weed whack our problems. Thank you, Shane. Good man. He's single, by the way, in case anybody's asking. <laughs> you better take, all of, take advantage of this one. This could be... God works in mysterious ways, my friend. You thought you was just bringing a weed whacker out. God's bringing you to the altar. So here's what we do. We weed whack our problems. We deal with our problems. We deal with a soul issue at the surface level. And we wonder why things don't change. We wonder why our problems don't go away. We wonder why things in our life don't get fixed because we're dealing with a soul issue at the surface level. Can I give you an example? Anger. Some people struggle with anger. And so, you know, maybe you go to a therapist or whatever and they're like, hey, listen, here's what I want you to do. When you get angry, I want you to count to 10. Just count to 10. Just go ahead and count to 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that's a bad idea, right? Then it's probably a good way to manage it but you're not really dealing with the source. You're not really getting to the, to the why. And so we try to fix the real without dealing with the root. Or, 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 or maybe someone struggles with alcohol. Maybe struggle with alcohol. And, 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 and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna put 
uh, all the alcohol in my house, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to remove all of it. Now, is that a good idea? Yeah, that's a good idea. But if that's where you stop, you're probably going to be in trouble because there's a liquor store with your name on it. There's a bottle with your name on it. And if you remove the alcohol without removing the why, the why, you're simply weed whacking your problems. You're not dealing with the root of the real. Or, or maybe you're in a marriage and you're like, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just this way. He's this way. I'm this way. We just coexist because the Bible says you're not really supposed to get a divorce. And, you know, so you just, you just think like this, this is the way it's going to be. And you never really experience deliverance in your marriage. And, and, by, and by the way, let me just say this. If for anybody who's, who wants to be free from uh, any type of, it doesn't have to be addiction. It could be any type of um, spiritual uh, affliction in any way. We have a thing called freedom groups. And, and I would encourage you to sign up. We got a, a guy named Randy Boyd. He's a godly man. He's an author. Uh, God brought, us, brought him to us. And he's an awesome God. He leads up that ministry. And I'm telling you, you will experience deliverance in this ministry. And you can sign up afterwards. And also, if you're struggling in your marriage, like you want to deal with the root? Or you just want to, you want to just you know, kind of limp along in life and say, oh, I'm suffering for the Lord. Really? God didn't call you to have a crappy marriage. Right? So if, if you want to experience healing, you can sign up for our, our marriage ministry group. It's, it's a, that's led by uh, Terry and, uh, and Sean. They're amazing people, and they do an incredible job. They've helped so many marriages heal and be restored. And so I would encourage you to, to check that out. But the point is, we can't deal with our root, our, our real, unless we deal with the root. Stop weed whacking your problems. Deal with it at the, at the source of the problem, which is the root. And how do I know Saul dealt with his real? How do I know he really dealt with the, 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 the root cause and actually experienced deliverance? How do I know? Well, he changed his real. He changed his real because he changed his name. Wait a second, Pastor John. God changed his name. I read the Bible. No, God didn't change his name. God changed Abram's name to Abraham. God changed Sarai's name to Sarah. God changed uh, Jacob's name to Israel. But God didn't change Saul's name to Paul. Saul called himself Paul. Now, why? You have to understand, Saul was born in the, the Roman city of Tarsus. That was, he was a citizen of that city. He had Roman citizenship. And so he had, but he was still a Jew. And so he, he had two names. He had his Jewish name, which was Saul, in his Roman name, which was Paul. But it's only in Acts 13, verse 9, from there on out, the rest of the whole rest of the New Testament, he went by the name of Paul. Now, some theologians say, well, that's because he was reaching Gentiles. He was reaching Romans, right? Perhaps. But there's a bigger story to it. Because his name, Paul, means little or small. In other words, Paul changed his real what he thought of himself, who he, and then he changed his name because all of a sudden he didn't have to be the big bad dude that walked around crucifying Christians. All of a sudden he realized, you know what, I'm just a, I'm just a little guy. I'm just a sinner, man, in need of Jesus. And, and your name, what you call yourself, reflects your real. I, I, I shouldn't tell you this story, but I'm going to tell it to you anyways. In, in, in college, we had this thing called fight night. 
it was, uh, it was uh, I lived in a dorm called Park Hall. It was Park Hall fight night. And the whole school, they got together. And it was this a big thing. The gymnasium was packed. And it was, it was students, you know, fighting students. It was amateurs. But they, they took you through this massive training regimen. It was really, really difficult. And, of course, they had, they had, you had to wear all the pads and all the stuff that, you know, you don't want to wear but you really should wear because you're an amateur. And, and so, like, they, they pair you up against people that are in your weight class. Well, I was paired up. I was, I was about a buck 80 ring and wet. I was a point guard of a basketball team. I got paired up with the fullback of the football team. So he's probably 22 and jack, 220 and jacked. Right, and so I had a, there was a big disparity. Well, the good news is I actually knocked him down, not out, but knocked him down in the third round. There's only three rounds, and that's trust me, that's long enough. And, and, I, not, and I ended up winning the fight, but that's not the part of the story. That's the good part of the story. I'm gonna tell you the bad part of the story, okay? But keep it real. So you had to give yourself a nickname, right? With the announcer, like you know the Michael Buffer type announcer go, and and you 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 give yourself a nickname, and he gave it. His and I gave mine. You know what mine was? John, let's get it on Lipinski. <laughs> yeah. Now, in fairness, it wasn't the Luther Vondros, like, let's get it, okay, all right. It was like, let's get it on. Like, you know, I'm going to, mm, right? Oh, oh, 179 pounds of me. <laughs> and so the guy's like, in this corner, a freshman from Park Hall. John, let's get it on Lipinski. I mean, what was I thinking? And here's, here's, the, here's the sad reality, though. A lot of us, we still have a college reel playing in our head. And we wonder why our house looks like more like a dormitory than a strong, sturdy, firm foundation that we sang about earlier. Like, I wonder if God's not calling some of us just to, like, move out of that dormitory and redesign our house into the spiritual, fortified, sturdy, concrete house that storms can't take down. I wonder if God's not asking us to change that reel in our head. What you see is ultimately who, who you'll be. So, in the story... God's in the midst of this big redesign. And by the way, this is, this is the dude, this is Paul, right? Saul became Paul. This is the guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament, launched 20 churches, really is responsible for, uh, for, for launching Christianity to a large degree. I mean, this is a big deal. And then God does something crazy. He involves a guy named Ananias in this very important process. Are you kidding me? Why? Why would God go and do something like that? And, and, and here's the irony, is that Remember, he, Paul was going there to, to, to crucify Christians. And so God calls Ananias a Christian. He calls the very hands that Paul came to cuff, God uses to cure. Whew, what's up with that, God? Why use him? Answer, it's in verse 13. God's doing something in Ananias' heart. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and, and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. In other words, I, I don't want to help him. Yeah, but he's, he's not born again. He's not saved. Yeah, but, but anybody but not him. Uh, what's, who's the story really about? Is it just about an unbeliever named Saul who wants to follow Christ? Or is the story also about 
a guy named Ananias who already knew Christ like many of us already do, but wasn't really living for Christ. At least not, not enough to love someone who's messy. And I just wonder, who's that person for us that's messy, that's hard to love? See, the story's about two men. The story's about two men, not one man. It's not just about a guy named Paul. It's about a guy named Ananias. Two men learning to see. One was learning to, to, Paul was experiencing a redesign, learning to see who he was meant to be. The other was a guy named Ananias who was experiencing a, a, a realign, not a redesign. A redesign, for, for, for most of you, for a lot of us, we don't, maybe we don't need a full redesign if we're keeping it real. Maybe a lot of us, we just need a realign. And God used Paul, who was being redesigned, to realign a guy named Ananias who, didn't, who forgot who he's who meant to reach. One was who he's meant to be, but for Ananias, it was who he's meant to reach. Here's what I'm saying. Your redesigning is somebody's realigning. Your redesign that God's taken you through might be someone's realigning, and vice versa. Someone's redesign that they're going through may lead to your realignment. That's called connectivity. That's the connectivity, the congruency of the gospel. That's how it works. Why does God involve broken people like me in the process and you and you? I don't know. We'll have to ask God when we get to heaven. But for whatever reason, he uses us to do his work. And it's pretty cool that he trusts us with something so important. But, but hey, who, who's, your, who's your guy or your girl? Who's the person that's so hard to reach? For, for Ananias, it was, it was Saul. Who's yours? You know, Christians are great. We love, we love people as long as they sin the same way we sin. I'm definitely not coming back. As long as, you, as long as you gossip or you're a glutton, you'll do fine in the church. But if, but if, if you struggle with homosexuality or some sexual sin or, or if, if you somehow endorse abortion, you're in big trouble. Here's what I'm saying. Then to be clear, let me be clear. Where do we stand on those issues? Exactly where Jesus stood, right? We, we don't, um, we don't uh, stray at all from this book. Everything is built on this. We, we believe what God says about all those things. We don't, we don't, we don't get to take our little red pen and edit the word of God. No, 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 we don't do that. But here's what we do do. I said do do. We don't, we don't push the people away who need Jesus. This is a spiritual hospital for people who are sick. This is not a struggle-free zone. And, and by the way, if you're struggling with one of those, those issues that I just talked about, number one, you're not alone. And number two, the other people that are sitting next to you, they got their struggles too. I got mine, right? And, and, and that's why Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And if you are spiritually sick, you are welcome in this church. We will love you. And we're not going to let you stay sick because we refuse to settle around here, right? And, and, but, but, but a lot of that is God's timing. He'll do that in his way, in his time. And we'll be here to wrap our arms around you, love you, and help walk with you. Amen? Amen. So, Jesus, here's Ananias. Jesus who appeared to me, he's talking to, to Saul. Jesus who appeared to me, or appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see. He has sent 
me today to help you see. He sent Billy Graham to help millions of people see. He sent the gathering church to a park over Christmas so that 7,000 people in our community could see Jesus Christ and over 200 would raise their hand to accept Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool, right? God sent a guy to a park in California to help a hippie who was shooting up heroin to see. That, that man would, would go on and, and have, get, get married and have six kids. That man was my dad. I, I never met the man. The, 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 Jesus sent blank, the, the blank, the guy, I, I never met him. But that guy was, was my dad's Ananias. And I, I wonder, is God calling you to be an Ananias to somebody? To fill in the blank for somebody? God has sent, say your name, say your name, say your name. Say it out loud. No, no, no. Say it like you want to you help lead somebody to Christ. Jesus has sent. Whew, say it again. Jesus has sent. Oh, yeah. That's the sign of salvation. That's the sound of, of, of a redesign in, in, in the makings. It starts by saying your name and say, you know what, God? You can use me. You can change this reel. <laughs> and we heard about it yesterday, how God changed the reel. I just wonder if, if God's not calling you and me to be somebody's Ananias. For sweet Nicolette, that Ananias was a girl by the name of Carmela who helped redesign her life. Nicolette is a gathering church family member. She's here today. And uh, I want you to watch how God would use this person to take a girl who had a, a, a false reel playing in her head due to some of the things she experienced growing up, some of the troubles she saw, some of the things she witnessed in her, her, with, her, with her family. Uh, it, it created this, this false reel. It led to a dark moment, a dark season. But I want you to see how God redesigned Nicolette's life. Watch this. Dear 20-something-year-old self, with tears in my eyes, I want you to know that you're loved. You're actually loved more than your heart can even fathom. I want you to know that you're not alone and that there is someone who doesn't disappoint and won't abandon you and won't make you feel unimportant. You don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Your life and your time on this earth is important and meant for more. It isn't about just surviving. I know you've been let down, made to feel unworthy, and your childhood wasn't filled with many moments that let you feel like a child. But Nicolette, your God, he collects every tear you've ever shed in a bottle. You can trust him. Take a step toward him and put your hand inside of his I want you to know that there is a life the Lord has planned for you, and to live like this is not it. As a child, um, I was the oldest of four kids. 
and uh, my parents divorced when I was six years old. I was in first grade. And from then on, I went back and forth between both parents for a long time. My mom struggled a lot with um, alcohol and drug addiction. And I think I grew up just seeing how, how important money was. You know, almost as soon as I turned 18, I was, I was 18 when I started dancing. I was working a part-time job and my mindset was, well, I could just work. You know, I was in this environment where these women were making so much money in one night. I just thought, well, I could work two days a week and make just as much money as if I was working for two weeks, you know? So that was kind of my thought with that. I was in a dark place. Uh, mentally and physically for the most part most nights and the drinking was another way to just numb it all out all throughout being in the club and working all those years the Lord was always just pursuing me I knew I knew who Jesus was I always believed in him um, but I didn't, I didn't know him enough to trust him. I just thought I had to do it all by myself. Um, and I felt, I, I literally felt stuck. Like that's how I felt. And after a while, I just fell inside like I wanted to find a church. So I started looking for churches. Um, I visited a couple and one of my really close friends that I worked with at the club, she started attending a church with her boyfriend. And in the day I went to her church, I saw, um, I saw them doing baptisms out in the open. I just walked in and I saw on stage somebody being baptized. And I just saw everybody in the church just cheering them on. <laughs> I didn't know that it was being born again. I didn't know that it was an act of obedience. I just felt like I was being like pulled right in. And I just knew that I needed to do it. Like I just knew, I just wanted to do it. From the second I saw it, I just knew, like I wanna do that, I wanna do that. And um, Jesus, is the one who who filled the void of everything that you know was making me feel all those things. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, drive on so.
think that God took a girl who, who knew that she needed him and knew that she needed change in her life and redesigned who I was, who I was going to be. Once I learned to trust him, everything changed. My life was by far not perfect still. It isn't now, it won't ever be. But the difference between then and now is that I have someone that I can trust, someone that is never too busy for me, and somebody who always wants the best for me. And he designed me and I feel like he let me go through those things so that I could share them with other people that feel like they're just stuck in life or that they have no other way, no other option. Um, and really anybody that's just feeling unloved because when you don't feel loved, you don't love yourself. And so that's what Jesus did for me. Girl, that's not only what Jesus did for you. I want you to know how proud your dad, your Abba Father, is of you. Because it didn't just help a little girl. You helped realign a church today. And thousands that'll see this message in, in Pakistan and around the world. That's the power of a redesign. But her story, it ain't over. I mean, the video is over, but her story is not over. Guess who's going to be in our, our small group, the Lipinski small group next week? Leon and Nicolette, along with some others. Right? Our, our group's full, and, but there's other groups for you to join if you don't have a group. But I'm just, I'm just excited to continue to walk alongside you and just see the calling God has on your life. But you see what happened. There was a reel that God had to deal with. And he helped her. And he used Carmela. And, and, and he used the church and is still using the church. Her life's not perfect. Story ain't over. But to shift that reel to help see what you see, not what the world tells us, not what a person told us, not what Instagram tells us, but what Abba Father, what you see. The only way we'll refuse to settle is if we learn to see ourselves as he sees us, because what you see is, is who you'll be. I wanna give you an opportunity to experience what she experienced. And that's through biblical community. That's through being a part of, of, of a small group. I don't care if it's your first time here. If I haven't scared you away yet, you can sign up today. You can be your first time. You can jump in with both feet. Others, maybe you've been coming here for years. And you're like, you know what, I haven't made that. Listen, 
God wants to do something in your life that he can't do during one hour during a week, but during the other 167 hours, he can do a, a greater and deeper work. He can expose and deal with the root structure of your life. And he does it through a guy named Ananias, a person named Carmela, or a friend at the gathering. He wants to do that. And for you to live the life you're called to live and for your, you to truly refuse to settle, it takes biblical community. You can't do it on your own. And in Christian love, I'm gonna tell you, stop trying. Stop trying to do life on your own. It doesn't work. And so I want you, as, as we dismiss here in just a moment, there's, there's balloons on, on those tables. Just go look for the white balloons on these tables and just go sign up. It could be a freedom group to free you from any type of, of, of uh, struggle, any type of stronghold. It could be a marriage group. It could be one of our other many, many groups. But just go and be a part of your redesign and somebody else's redesign or realign because that, as crazy as it sounds, that's the way God works through his people. So I'm gonna, we're gonna close here. I'm gonna pray over you, if the, uh, the elders or I'm sorry, the prayer team, if you guys wanna come, uh, I'm gonna dismiss here in just a second. Uh, if, if you want to know Jesus Christ, that's the greatest decision you could ever make. The, the, the team will be here. They'd love to lead you in that prayer. If you are struggling, you're not alone. We have a, our team is here. We'd love to pray with you. But let me pray over you as, as before I dismiss you for the rest of us. I just want to pray God's blessing. Lord, I just thank you uh, for, for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for the family of God, that we are a family of God. We're imperfect people. But you're a perfect God doing a great work in each one of us. And I just thank you for the boldness and the courage of your young daughter your daughter, Nicolette, who had the courage to share her story. I just wonder how many people will be reached, have already been reached, but will continue to be reached by her, her faith, by her redesign, by having the courage to share it. I just thank you that there would be other Nicolettes, there would be other people in this church that would rise up and to be part of somebody else's story, somebody else's journey, that they would stand in the gap, they would be an Ananias, they would be a, a Carmela, they would be someone who needs someone in their life. God, thank you for 1 Peter 2.5. You say we're, we're living stones, being built into a spiritual house, God. I pray that the spiritual house that you are building is strong. It's, it's fortified. And, it, and the winds will come. The chaos will come. The world will try to knock us down. But I just pray that we stand strong because we're rooted in you and rooted in the people of God who are rooted in you as well. Lord, help us do this today. Thank you that we would see ourselves as you see us and that you would redesign us from the inside out the way that you've made us to be, that you've created us to be as we refuse to settle for anything less. We thank you for this. In the name of Jesus Christ, God's people said. Amen, amen. Well, listen, our prayer team is here if, if, you, need, if you're, you, you want prayer. Um, but for the rest of us, let's go with a smile on our face, rejoicing in what God is doing in this place and in our lives. And make sure you sign up on your way out to join a, a small group. God bless you guys.